0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Believe it or not, uh, two weeks from today is Easter and uh, we have a special Easter uh, services planned. We're actually going to be doing six, count them, six services here at Central Campus. And so they'll be on Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, 3, 5, and 7. That's p.m., p.m., y'all. And then on Sunday, uh, 9, 11, and 1 at our East Campus. It'll be on Sunday, Easter Sunday at 9 and 11. And you want to come, you want to invite someone. I've been saying this recently, and I want you to hear the import of this. This is just uh, one of the best times, focal times, to invite people to church. And uh, we find in the Gospels, if you study and flow through the Gospels, you're going to find that about 70% of the time where Jesus performed an act of, of power, works of power, it's when someone who knew Jesus went and brought somebody to Jesus. And the greatest thing that Jesus is doing, and we're a part of it, is salvation, to have our sins forgiven, to come into the family of God, to have help in this life, and one day a home in heaven forever. Y'all. That's pretty awesome. And I don't know about you, but I have friends. I have loved ones. I want to have that. Uh, Almost 70% of our community has no church affiliation at all. And uh, this is a beautiful time to invite, pray ahead of time. God will show you. God will help you. And uh, we're believing that uh, many, many people will come to know the Lord Easter weekend. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to be wrapping up our series uh, today on what happy families know. We've gone eight weeks on this. And I have some news for you today. If we have your email, when you get home today, most likely, about by the time you get home, you're going to have in your inbox about a 30-page ebook that we put together that will have all the content, including this morning's content. We have an incredible team that's been working on this. And uh, they put it together. It's beautiful. you could print it if you wanted to, or you can have it, you can share it. It is completely free, but we wanted to get the important content out of this series available for you. So that would be available. If we don't have your email, uh, it's 2995. <laughs> joking, joking, joking. You just need to go to our website, to our webpage, and you can download it from there. And the whole purpose is to take this good information and get it across, uh, not only to help you, but so that you can be a help to other folks as well. And so that that should be waiting for you a little bit later today. Amen? All right. Well, yeah. Um, And again, thanks to our team for taking this and making that happen. Well, what happy families know, remember we're, we're including this word happy in the biggest sense of the word, the fullest sense of the word, uh, biblically to be blessed and strong and helped by God. We want that for our families. Happy, as I have said, and I'm saying this very purposefully right now, happy does not just happen. Happy is not just happenstance. Happy in this sense is the result, everybody say result. Get this, I've said this every week, I'm saying it on purpose right now. It is the result of intentional alignment with God in His ways. Okay, so intentionally, and that means that you might have to, as you align with God in His ways, you might have to change some of your ways. Hate to bring it up, but it, it depends on what you want. You know, if you want happy or you just want what you've always had. And so I believe that God has something wonderful for our families. Principles, practices that we've been covering. Look with me quickly in Psalm 68. It says, Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families, Now, here's a big statement right here. Ultimately, what everyone is looking for is family. Ultimately, what everyone is looking for. Whether or not they realize that's what it is or they've ever articulated it that way, that is what is at the core of, of wanting to be on a team. The part of a club, part of a group, part of a small group, being in a gang. I mean, seriously, all of that, there's something within us that we want to be included. We want to be a part. And there are parts of family that are necessary for all of us. And so, ultimately, what everyone is looking for is family. And let's go ahead and be honest this morning. Family can be the answer Family can also be the problem. Uh, and so we want to explore this a little bit. What, what do we do with that? And I'm going to diagram a few things for you here today. And, and so to start with, let me just, this is going to be you, okay? So this is your, your face. And I'm just going to leave kind of a blank expression on it, you know, just kind of wanted to match the room, you know, so... <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Well, what we have, forgive me, all right. What we have are formative years of our life. Everyone does, everyone. We have these formative years. We have what I want to call a zone, okay? So bring that up on the screen, if you will, zone. So we have this zone, and I'll just kind of frame it out this way for us. So we have this zone around our life, and it's within this zone that we learn, and we grow, and we develop, and we dream, and we discover. It is also within this zone, you ready, where we get damaged yes. and where we get limited. So this zone is made up of, you know, it's in the context of family. Family holds the accountability. Uh, And family doesn't always accomplish that accountability. And so family has that. So that's ideally mom, dad, and brothers and sisters and, you know, grandparents and so forth. And then you have uh, teachers, and you have neighbors, and you have friends, and you have some that are not friends, and they're bullies or whatever. And then you have the neighborhood. You have education around you. You have church as a part of, of all of this. And in the end, um, it either serves you well or it doesn't serve you well. And like I said, it can be the answer. And what we've been teaching this now the eighth week has to do with ideals um, and goals. But it may not always happen that way. So sometimes we don't get what we needed inside this circle. And so instead of a, a smile... You know, it could be a mix that we also have, you know, kind of a frown. It's the same, same person. But how many of you know it's probably a mix? Yeah. No one here had the perfect zone. No one here had the perfect parents, home, everything. Yours might have been better than somebody else's, but the reality is no one here had it, had it perfect. So we end up sometimes things that we needed, we didn't get. Why did we not get some of the things that we needed? Why did we get some things that that hurt us? And it has to do with who makes up this this boundary, this border of the zone? so let just, let's just say it's your your father, okay? And so his story, listen, he had a zone. Your mom had a zone your The, the neighborhood bully had a zone, so everybody has this formative time where ideally great things are supposed to be forming us, shaping us, developing us, winding us up and launching us into a productive direction in life but it doesn't always happen that way. and so sometimes what we didn't receive we didn't receive because these people, let's just get a couple of them here. these people they in their zone no one gave it to them. and so that Brings it on out further. Why didn't they get it? Well, it's because maybe, maybe uh, dad didn't have it because of grandpa. Maybe grandpa didn't have it because of his situation. And on and on it goes. Are, are, you, are you following me with this? And so here we are. We've got this situation of things are passed on to us or things are not passed on to us. And you can only pass on what you have. You cannot pass on what you do not have. And so we either end up equipped in some things, we end up damaged and limited in some things. And I would suppose for all of us, it is actually a mixture of the two. Are you following me, following me so far here? So their story impacts your story. Their story impacts your story. Whenever you see somebody, be, don't be so quick to judge folks. Say, so look the way they are. Look the way they're acting. Look, look at this. Look at that. You don't know their story. And and to look at their story, you have to go back and and find out other people's stories who impacted them. My question today for us is, what about your story? Because someone else's story has impacted you. Many stories have impacted you. How is your story going to impact others? Do we just pass on the limitations, the damages, the anger? Do do we just pass on these things? Or, Or can something better happen so that this doesn't all break down. And then we have, complicating this, we, have, we are now in the third generation, y'all, third generation of rampant divorce. Now let me say this. Uh, if you've been divorced, this is, I'm, I'm not condemning you. This is not a house of condemnation. We are where we are, but we have to make some sense about where we're going with this. Because we don't want all of these things to continue, so we've got we've got three generations now. When when my parents divorced and I was in about third grade, when my parents divorced, it, it was an oddity. I was the only kid in my class, and so now it is, it is virtually everywhere. Or people have so lost faith in marriage they don't even get married anymore. So we have erosion of family. Parenting is becoming a lost art complicate that with culture with media that gets woven into government and we have a mess y'all yes. and so we pass on what you have you cannot pass on what you don't have but I'm promising you you will pass on what you have so everything from accent to anger genetics to values manners to mindset qualities to quirks. I could go on and on. We pass things on. And so we end up with what was an ideal, this zone, these formative years, your family. And every one of us has that. And that that helps to set many things for the rest of our lives. Some of you are hobbled a little bit today because of something that happened to you in first grade you know, or on the playground when you were in fourth grade or, or whatever, ha- things that were said, mom and dad splitting up, th- tragedy that took place, wrong decisions, bad things that happened, neglect, abuse. We could go on and on and on, and those kind of things impact us. So what begins as an ideal, and we continue to teach as an ideal, this is very, very flawed because of all of the players. Yes. So here we go. You ready? The human problem has no human solution. So let's just close in prayer. Good luck out there. Now listen again. The human problem has no human solution. We have to look to the divine. We have to look just beyond what our best efforts are And what ideals we are. And we have to get a little bit of help. Amen? Look with me quickly. There are three basic needs of every individual. Everybody here. Everybody you've ever known. Anybody who's ever been on the planet ever will be. Here's three things that are basic needs. Number one is intimacy with God. Number two is intimacy with others. And thirdly is self-worth. So intimacy, let's clear this up. It means safe, known, warm, secure. So it's a relationship intimacy with God, not just some religious head knowledge about God. It is a relationship with God, a relationship safe, warm, stable, secure, known uh, with others, and then thirdly is self-worth. This sets the stage then for you to become a person that is becoming more and more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so you can be a blessing and bring glory to God. Is the church here today? Okay, good, you made it, good. All right, so this can be, can be, ideally, can be accomplished within the zone. So all things being what they should be, the principles, the practices that we've been sharing now in our eighth week, and there's so much more on that, this can be accomplished that a person can come out of that zone, so to speak, with a relationship with God, healthy relationship with others, and a healthy sense of self-worth that can come out of here. But the reality is that's probably not fully going to happen. So our answer is this. We need to get a new zone. Actually, here's our answer. We need to get a new family. Now, I don't want to offend anybody here this morning, but we need, we need a new family. I'm not saying get rid of people. Don't walk out of here. Pastor said get rid of all y'all, and <laughs> that is not what Pastor said, okay? All right. So you feel like saying that sometimes, but don't bring my name up, okay? All right. So you need a new family. Let me put it another way. You need to be born again. So whatever you gain did not gain can be reclaimed can be found in the family of God. Your life with salvation and the work of God in your life can be reframed. Your zone can be redefined. And what was missing can be can be in place. And what was broken can be repaired. And it happens by coming into the family of God. Amen? And so, No matter what, if life was perfect and mom and dad were perfect and everything about you was perfect, first of all, I don't believe you. But even if it was, you still need to also transfer into the family of God. And then if it was broken, you need to be in the family of God. Either way, either way, you need to come into the family of God. Amen? Amen. Now, In Ephesians chapter 3, look with me here, Ephesians chapter 3, for this reason, Paul writes, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So when we come into the family of God, it's God's family, God is the Father. And God's family, get this, God's family is expressed through the local church, okay, So all over the world today, there are local churches meeting in every country on the planet. Some have to be underground, but all over this town, all over this region, uh, there are uh, churches meeting, families meeting. Now, the reality is we're part of a universal, like worldwide, and not just worldwide, but notice in heaven and earth. I have some folks that are... Uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, mom and dads in Christ, not just my flesh and blood family, but I have family that's gone on ahead. We we have, you know, people out of this family that have gone on ahead. And so he's the father of everybody that's already made it to heaven and those that are in the family here. Are you with me? So we have brothers and sisters all over the place, y'all. Sometimes traveling, I'll meet somebody, I'll see somebody in the airport, and I can just tell they're a brother, they're a sister. You, you can just tell there's a family resemblance, not, not so much by looks, but by spirit and, and, and how we, what we're committed to and how we carry ourselves and conduct ourselves. Uh, you can kind of tell God's kids. That's why I get upset when some of God's kids act like brats. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we come into the family, but, but the family is expressed. It's expressed uh, by design, by Scripture, to be expressed within local fellowships, within congregations, within churches. Now, God our Father, with his, with his heart for family, in the Gospel of Luke, for example, we read about the parable of the great feast. And in that parable, Jesus is telling this parable for a point, And he says, the master said, go out in the highways and hedges and get some folks in here. The table is set. The food is on the table. Get them in here. He says this actually. He says, go and compel them to come. Do you know what compel actually means? In the New Testament Greek, it actually comes up just short of use of force. So Jesus all but told him, put them in a headlock if you have to put them in a double chicken wing, right, right, get, get them in here. Why? Because he said, I want my house full. Yeah. He said, I love family. I love family. And I, I want my house full. The older I get, all I want, you know, they said, what do you want for your birthday? I just, I just want my family. Yesterday we celebrated my youngest grandson's one-year birthday. And I'll tell you what, it was just, I know it was his birthday, but I had the blast. It was just, it was just like, this, there's just something about the beauty of that. And so God wants his house full. He wants us to be in family. And here's a wonderful thing, okay? I'm going to mess with some of y'all's theology today, but that's okay. Everyone's welcome. Amen. He really wants everyone to belong. Yeah, but they're so broken. They're so messed up. Yeah, so are you. They just don't hide it as well as you do. But Everyone's welcome. He's saying, go, go out and get them. I, I want them in. I want them in my family. There's a pastor in, in uh, Nashville. His name is uh, Roy Ortland. He pastors Emmanuel Church, and he ha- they have something called the Emmanuel Mantra. And uh, when you first, I'm going to read it for you here and show it to you in a moment. Uh, it'll mess with you just a little bit, but if you look at it, I love it because you know what? It's it's the gospel. Watch this. Here's what he says: "I'm a complete idiot. My future is incredibly bright." Anyone can get in on this. That's the gospel, y'all. That's the gospel. I love it. Hey, it might be good for all of us to read this together. Come on. Come on, read it with me. I'm a complete idiot. My future is incredibly bright. Anyone can get in on this. That's the gospel, folks. Amen. Now, How do I get in on this then? Here's how. John chapter 1, verse 12. Jesus says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. If you will believe what Jesus has done for you, if you will receive what Jesus has done because of our mess, because of our sin, because of our brokenness, we're separated from God, and God so loved us, love always seeks to close the distance. And God said, I want you in family. And so he made a way for us to not just be his creation, but to become his new creation, to become his family to become his sons and daughters. So Jesus did the work of the cross and the work of, of resurrection. And if you'll receive that, if you'll believe that, he gives you the right, he gives you the power, he gives you the privilege to become the children of God. So once you become the children of God, guess what, you have a father. Now I'm not gonna take away from your father, your earthly father. I'm an earthly father. Uh, and I did my very best, I think. I think. And I tried and I prayed morning and night and, and read and learned and, and applied all that I knew to apply. But you know what? As my kids get older and I get older, I'm apologizing more and more to my adult kids. You know, I didn't get it right on that. And I'm sorry I was so uptight about that. and sorry I completely missed that. You know, and I think that's part of ongoing health for family and relationships too is to, is, is to reframe those things. But I didn't get it all right. Okay, so I'm not trying to take it away from anybody's earthly father. But I'm telling you what, when you come into the family of God, you've got a new father. Can I tell you about him? He's good. He's kind. He's patient. He's all wise. He's completely stable. He's never grumpy. He's rich beyond belief. And he's perfect. He's perfect. So I've got that kind of father. And he's watching over me. Guess what else? When you come to the family of God, you now have brothers and sisters. You have fathers and mothers. And again, this plays out in the local local church. You have fathers and mothers. You have grands. You have grandparents. And Titus chapter 2 talks about generations within the the family. We're to be watching out for generations. You should have friends of all generations. In the family, you should interact with all generations here in, in the family. Can I get a better amen on that one this morning? And not only do you have a father and brothers and sisters and moms and dads and, and grandparents, you have love, you have acceptance, and here's where I wanted to go, and you have gifts. And because of the gifts you've been given to be a part of the family, here's where I was really wanting to go, you have responsibility. All right. And this all plays out within the local church family. And so we all have responsibilities. The babies do not have responsibilities. And by babies, I'm even talking about those that are new to the faith. You know, we expect that they grow, and in time they'll have responsibility. But right now, all of us have responsibility unless you're, like, brand new to it. An equal metaphor in the Scripture is the body of Christ. Pastor Ryan referred to that some earlier. And in the body, you, every part does its part. How many of you like for all of your parts to work? Yes. So does Jesus, Okay. And so we want the same for family as we want for our body. Look in Romans chapter 12, verse 5. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Look in Ephesians chapter 4. From whom the whole body joined and knit together, by which every joint, that's you, supplies according to the effective working, by which every part, that's you, does its share. Every part does its share. Causes the growth of the body for the edifying, the building up of itself in love. So, everyone has gifts, everyone has functions, everyone has responsibilities. It is unhealthy and it is limiting for you to not participate in that. You need to realize I'm part of the family. And it's weird if you have a family gathering, and it probably happens with every family, but it's still weird, and it's unhealthy you got that one who comes and all they do is say, come, eat, leave. Come, eat, leave. Don't look at them if they're with you here in service today. (laughs) But in the family of God, that's unhealthy. It's limiting that you don't participate, that you don't use what you can do. And so we want every part to do its part. Now, if you're new or you're coming, you know, I've talked to somebody uh, last weekend. They said, I was in a church, and it was really a rough situation, and I'm just kind of, I just want to heal. I just want to rest. I said, then heal and just rest. And, so, and maybe this is all new, and you're just kind of acclimated and learning some things, and that is okay. Be our guest. Be our guest. But I'm telling you what, everybody needs to take the step eventually where your family and family, everybody does their part because... In God's family, expressed in the local church, everyone does their part, and there's a remarkable win-win that takes place. Look at this real quick here. First of all, we gain, we gain, and then we become, okay? So you gain, for example, a brother, a sister. Guess what? You become a brother, a sister in the family of God. In the family of God. You gain blessing by, by virtue of others' gifts, guess what? You're to become a blessing by virtue of your gifts. It's a win-win that in the body of Christ you gain, but also you become. You don't just come, eat, leave. You participate and you discover where you are. Because if you belong in the family of God, you've got to help take care of the rest of the family of God. That's the way it works in our family. Amen. And we belong to one another, and it's important to our Heavenly Father that we take good care of one another. And when we have family events such as today, you know, throughout this entire building, things are happening right now for earthly families in the family of God, and it's important that the family takes care of all of that. The New Testament is chock full of one another instructions. Uh, By one count, 59 one another instructions that we bear one another's burdens, that we pray for one another, that we encourage one another, we teach one another, on and on and on that those things would happen. And then I just want to throw in a little perspective. You ready for this? In the family of God, every one of us, we're all adopted. Read in Romans, read, read in Galatians, read in Ephesians. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful story because you know what? I don't it didn't matter where you came from. And now we're all in this forever family together. And this is a good time to bring up this too, fostering and adoption. And I'm talking about in the in the natural with with, we have some families in the church that have adopted. We have families that are in the process of adopting. We have families in the church that are super involved in fostering. And they are my heroes because do you know what they're doing? Do you know what they're doing? There's some zones that are not safe for people to stay in. And what they do is, says, is to help create another zone that is safe so, so that person ha- has, has, a, has a chance, has a brighter future. Are, y- are y'all following me on this? And so I want you, I, I want y'all to seriously pray, pray, pray. Uh, is that something that you're to be involved in? If, and if we can help you in any way, get some information, do it. I have a pastor friend out in Colorado that their goal as a church, and it's a significant church, is to drain the foster uh, 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 system in in their county, to just to drain it so that the people of God step up and reframe the zone for lives where that where that frame, that zone is toxic and dangerous and perilous and to get them into something so that they have a better and brighter future. Amen. Amen? All right, a couple other things just real quick. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith, the family of God. Look in First Peter chapter 4, almost done. God has given each of you, say, that's me. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Read the last sentence with me. Use them well to serve one another. Everybody has something that they can do, ways that they can encourage and help. Romans chapter 12 says this, strength is for service, not for status. And so God's family and all are invited, all are included in God's family as we receive Jesus and allow him to do a work in our lives. But as we come into God's family, we also bear responsibility. But he gives us what we need so that we can be a part of using the gifts that he has given us. And church, the local church, is the most ready-made, most efficient, most direct opportunity you could ever find to just begin to let your gifts, your talents, your abilities to impact some others. Just before I finish right now, and we, you saw the video earlier about it, It's Your Move, something very, very, very important to us as a ministry, it always has been, is our next-generation ministries. We sometimes just refer to them as next-gen. You know why? It's because of the zone. It's because of the zone. And the church is to be a part of the border and the boundary of that. Church is to be part of of an ally with the family to make sure that happens. And, And we are wanting to really ramp up even what we're doing. You should tour back there sometimes. You can't get in there unless somebody lets you in there or you're a parent because we want it to be safe. We want it to be state of the art. Uh, the atmosphere, the environment is incredible. The curriculum is incredible. And and we cover all ages. But what I'm wanting to do, stepping forward as your pastor, is we need more of the family to be involved in that. So I want to, I want some of you to pray about it. Some of you, this is just a confirmation. Yep, I know I'm supposed to do that. And your next step would be to get into growth track. Growth track will help you to just refine where where would I best fit? How can I best use my gifts, my talents, my experiences? Age is not even an issue, so that I can help to create a healthy, healthy zone. It matters, y'all. It matters. So there is joy in serving. Let's don't be the weird uncle that just comes, eats, leaves. Let's make sure that we're truly our family, expressed in the local church family. And as we do this, there is joy in serving, and joy is strength. And I'm telling you what, strong and joyful people make strong and joyful families. Strong and joyful people and families make strong and joyful churches, and strong and joyful churches make a strong and joyful impact in our community as far as we can reach. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Good, good. Now, just a little bit later in the day, check your inbox because you're going to have a whole about 30-page book that's going to have all eight weeks uh, information in there to help you. I've kind of run up out of time, but I want to give you an opportunity if you've never been to come into the family of God. So if I could have everybody please stand, say this prayer with me. We're going to receive and believe what Jesus has done and receive... Uh, Son and daughtership into the family of God. Pray this with me. Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Jesus, who loves me, gave himself for me. Lord, I love you and I give myself to you. I ask you right now come into my heart, come into my life, be my Savior and be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, Shed for me, forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new and set me free. And now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, and with the assurance you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. I'm in the family of God. I thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, if you did that for the first time, let somebody know about that. We've come. We lifted up. We have listened up. Let's go live it out. God bless you. I love you. Peace to your house. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.